Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to the Access Podcast. Today, we are having a conversation with Pastor Dwayne, and then I have Alec with me. And we're going to be continuing our, our really the series that Nick taught on death at Access. And so we just have a list of questions. We're going to be asking Pastor Dwayne his thoughts, and we're just going to have a blast this morning. So Pastor Dwayne, why don't you say hi to everyone? Hello, everybody. This is going to be interesting. <laughs> this, is going to be goes. this is going to be fun. So why don't we start off, um, Pastor, tell us about uh, your, your dog. <laughs> <laughs> my dog they they said what was your first experience with death and and how did you you react well it was my dog sandy and i was probably six years old sandy died and i cried well that's, that's about it <laughs> that's your first experience with death. my first experience with death mine my first experience was i had a guinea pig and my guinea pig was like we didn't have my parents early on didn't let us have dogs and so we had guinea pigs <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so my guinea pig, I, this is my guinea pig, his name was Brownie. That was his name because he was brown. <laughs> and my na- the neighbor kid came over, and the Brownie bit my neighbor. And he was like, the neighbor was like five. And then the neighbor kid killed my guinea pig. <laughs> that was a traumatic experience. I remember going to my room, putting my face on my pillow, and just weeping, just <laughs> crying so loud. Mm-hmm. So that was my first experience with that. <laughs> Yeah, we had an outdoor cat named Frosty, and we had him, I don't know, a few months, and he got hit by a car, and I also died. Yeah, that's, it's, it's, a, it's not a light topic, right? We start no. off kind of humorous just because yeah. it is a heavy topic. Yeah, it is. And, you know, sometimes it's good to, what we call it, Holy Ghost anesthesia. It's good to laugh and, and yes. you know, laugh it off, but then get to the heart of really where people wrestle with the topic of death and their mortality mm-hmm. and eternal yeah. life and what happens once these bodies waste away. So, um, but as we, as we kind of talk about this, we, in, in the series, we were talking about delayed adolescence. Yes. So we were, we were addressing the topic that every, this, this generation is not growing up at the same rate as previous generations. You see it in, in, in like health insurance that you can stay on your parents' health insurance until you're 27 and you see it in. Um, young people living with their parents longer. You see it with just a whole different factor. So we will address the topic of death, but one of the reasons why we feel that people are being delayed is that they're not facing their mortality. They're not facing the fact Mm -hmm. that they will die. And so the urgency to grow up and make meaning of their life, you know, it's just the urgency is not there. So how would you recommend a young person grow out of or address maybe delayed adolescence? This may be a little bit um, straightforward, but I would say, first of all, get a job, move out of your parents' house, um, and don't be afraid of commitment, Uh, whether it's a commitment in a job or it's a commitment in marriage. um, So many people today are avoiding marriage. Young young guys, uh, afraid of commitment, they get addicted to porn, and... As a result, they're not really looking for a spouse. Uh, the, the, the greatest rewards in life all have to do with commitment, whether mm. it's commitment to God, commitment to a family, commitment to a spouse. That's where, that's where the rewards in life, the, the, the true uh, fulfillment in life comes. And when you're just floating along and you're not committed you, you're you're going to miss out on so much of what life is supposed to be. 
the purpose of life and the mm. fulfillment of life. So, young person, you, you mentioned, get a job. Well, it's not what I want to do. It's not my dream job. This is not my calling. Somebody says that to you, what, do, what are you saying to them? I, I would say this, get started. Get started. Do something. And what you, any kind of like this, it, it's like education. Uh, going to school, you may not end up using everything that you learn in school. But everything that you, you learn helps you eventually. It, it helps form you. It helps enable you to uh, move in, in whatever job it is. Uh, if you look at David, David starts out, he's a shepherd. Then he's uh, a warrior. Then he's a renegade. Then he's the king of Judah. Then he's the king of Israel. Then he's establishing the kingdom. Then he's passing the kingdom on. Um, what you do at one stage in your life may not be where you're going to end up. It probably is not going to be. But all the skills that you pick up in whatever you do, they're going to help you where you, where you end up, where you end up moving on to. Hmm. Uh, we think, well, I'm just going to do this one thing and get this one set of skills. But every skill that you pick up in the different things that you do enable you to do a better job when you get to the next place, which may not be the end place. It may be, but it may not. So just like get started. Get started. Get started. Do something. People are getting paid. What if they're getting paid more on unemployment than they are going to be at getting their job? I would say this, that God will bless what you put your hand to do. Hmm. Right. So if you're just sitting back and getting a check and doing nothing, well, there's no blessing on that. But God will bless what you put your hand to do. When you put your hand to something, God, God will bless that. And I'm, I'm I will throwing you some tough questions right now. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, we're not mixing words right now. <laughs> and you are just knocking them out of the park. This is amazing. Oh my! So put your hands to do. Well, you that got to so, do something for God to bless so it. That is so good. I'm going to ask one more follow-up because you had said, how do, how do we grow out of delayed adolescence? Okay. You said, get a job. You said, move out. Yeah. Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. So uh, I've, I've heard this so many times, which is, it's, it's not a bad thing that people think, but mm -hmm. it, I do want you to maybe address it. Mm -hmm. So young people will say, well, I'm saving so much money living at home. Mm -hmm. So, right, a yep. rent right now in Grand Rapids and Granville, sure. $1,200 a month, yeah. $1,300 a month. And, you know, it's like, well, I can save times that by 12. I can save you know, seven grand. If you have appliances and on food and all that well, stuff, sure, that you up, it's like 10 grand a yeah. year. I can save that for X, Y, or Z. Um, so what would you say to a young person who's saying, well, I'm not going to move out because I'm saving my money or it's, yeah, oh, any of those thoughts. Go okay. What would I say to them? I'd say a couple of things to them. First of all, I would say, well, think about your parents. They're having to put up with you. <laughs> <laughs> you may be helping yourself, but you're not helping them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And secondly, if, if you talk to your parents and they say, hey, yeah, we want to help you so that you can save 10 grand a year and put it down on a house or something, um, that's good. And that's good for a period of time. But there has to be a point, and not when you're 28, right, where you say, okay, I'm going out on my own. I mean, the, the, the purpose of parenting is to prepare a child to go out on their own, not to live at home forever. Yeah. So 
let's say a young person is living at home and you know they're maybe they've they're realizing you know i am delayed in my growing up right yep so like should they beat themselves up what's their approach what's no their step don't four? beat yourself up but sit down and get a plan yeah to move out don't the, the worst thing you can do I mean, anybody can look at their past and go man i should have and i could have and boy if i had this would have been better you know but you need to just put the past behind you you can't change it look to the future and say god help me move in the right direction and and start making a plan and i talk to my parents and say hey this is what my plan is and they'll say yeah we're with you mm -hmm. that's really good alec do you have a question you want to hop on We'll probably move to the next, move to our next question here. Yeah, kind of. I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, in the world that we live in with the society of entertainment and just entertainment culture and how much time we waste on social media and, and movies and video games. Can you speak to um, the calling that each of us have on our lives and just how we are missing that? because we're caught up in this world where we're just swept away by the next entertaining thing and we're not focused on the reality that there is an end to our time here, you know, and how do we just, we're, we're missing it. Do we want to live life or do we want to watch a make-believe life hmm. on television? They create some sort of a scenario, a problem, and then you relate to somebody and the problem gets solved, and you're like, oh, I accomplished something when you didn't do anything, and the yeah. whole the whole situation was just made up. Um, we, oh, David said, teach me to number my days. You know, realize life is not something that's going on forever. And when you're 20 years old, it's hard to grasp that. You're thinking, look, I'm going to live between 80 and 100, hmm. and it seems like it's forever. You know, but the truth is, it's short. And the older you get, the faster time goes. And I know that you, you hear that and you think, what are you talking about? But 10, year, 10 years now seems like six months when I was 30. Hmm. So time moves faster. So it's, it's important that we recognize we're here for a purpose. And what is that purpose? Get with God. Find out what's that purpose. Yeah. Right? And begin to move in that direction. Do something every day that'll move you in the direction of God's purpose for your life. Hmm. That's really good. So we're really talking about purpose, but purpose often is attached to urgency, which often is attached to us wrestling with mortality, right? Like very few people who live on purpose haven't wrestled with their mm -hmm. mortality. Mm -hmm. It's actually something that anchors you in to live a life that's worth living. Yeah. So as we, as we think about death we just have some different questions um but i'll, a I'll ask this question this is a, a popular one that we often get asked i'm sure you've been asked mm -hmm. multiple multiple yep. times it's the one that says what does the bible say about infants who die right or miscarriages or young kids who die before the age of accountability okay. when you think about eternal life and okay. death how what does the bible say we should okay. think about that this is how i would answer that question first of all jesus said let the little children come to me, for as such is the kingdom of heaven. So he said, he's, he, I think Jesus is saying, look, children are, are part of the kingdom of God. Uh, children belong to God. It's in uh, Romans chapter 7 where Paul said, I was alive once without the law. 
He said, the law came, sin revived, and I died. Mm. So he was saying, in the beginning, I was right with God. But then I came to understand right and wrong, and I chose to do wrong. Right? And that kind of broke my relationship with God. So here's, here's what I believe, and I believe that it's scriptural. Right? There's a good biblical foundation that young children are safe. Hmm. They're safe. They're not saved, but they're safe. Interesting. They're safe. Right? They're, 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 they're part of the kingdom of God. They're right with God in their spirit. Yeah. They haven't rebelled against God personally yet. And so I say they're safe, not saved. So whether it's an aborted child or someone, a child that dies uh, young, they're safe. They're with, God. They're with, they're with the Lord Jesus. Yeah, Jesus Suffer is Suffer the little children to come to me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. Even when the family is unbelieving, the family is I, part I of the I truly religion. believe yeah. even an unbelieving parent or parent's family yeah. that their child is safe. Yeah, some people are going to go to... I'm losing the reference. You'll know it. It's when that the parent, the children are sanctified through the yeah, parents, first and the Corinthians wife is chapter seven is sanctified through the. the. So some people yeah. would reference that, but when you look at it and you study that, that's not talking no. about salvation. Correct. It's talking about sanctification. Yes. Yeah, that the parents actually provide the mm-hmm. environment in which the kids would grow up in holiness and righteousness. Yes. Yeah. Not salvation. I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. So. um that's that's really like that's so comforting. Like, like, <laughs> oh yeah, like it's like oh yeah, it's just that's what scripture teaches. But like, and t- but when you have like, I have multiple family members who've had you know whether miscarriages or we had one family member who the baby was alive for about three three hours, and you you just see the baby and then you're just like you bury them and then they're in the ground, but then mm-hmm. you then you look to the scriptures and you say, We're, we'll see you again. Absolutely, you know? we'll see you again. It's so comforting. Like mm-hmm. I, I was, I was talking to my wife because my grandma is in hospice right now, and so wrestling with that. And I was talking to Abby, and I was like, "How the heck do people who do not know Jesus wrestle with death? How, how, how do they wrestle with the fact of people? How do they even think? How do they endure it? Mm-hmm. It makes no sense because even sitting with my grandma, and I'm just like, without Christ, I don't know how I would be able to navigate this." Yeah. Without the scriptures, yeah, you that's know? what Paul. Why Paul says we're not like those that have no hope. Hmm. You know, uh, I've been in, in funerals, literally, where people jumped into the casket, and they're shaking the dead person. So tell them to wake up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I should have done this. I should have done that. Yeah. Yeah. This is crazy. It's it's so much hope. There's yeah. so much peace that comes. Obviously, you grieve and you mourn and you more sure. people that you lose but there's so much hope that comes with yeah. etern- the promise of eternal life yes which yes. which is is wonderful alec do you have anything any questions on that or ready to jump on to the next question yeah yeah um just before i ask this next question you know i'm sure you've prepared an answer for this but i just want to honor pastor ken and remember him for the amazing man that he was we love him we miss him we can't wait to see him again um but the reality is he's not the only person that we've lost right so as a believer, as believers, for you specifically, Pastor Dwayne, how can you help us relate to, you know, you talked about your message yesterday being, which I loved, but how 
the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And as believers, like we have the power for, for healing. We have the authority through the blood. So um, just in your personal application and relating it to the young adult community that's going to be listening and for everybody, how did you wrestle with um, Pastor Ken's passing and knowing your power as a believer and just everything that happened? Um, I believe that we live so under the the how we say it, under our privileges under our rights under the blessing that god has for us uh, in the psalms it says that they limited the holy one of israel god wanted to do so much more for them but they limited god uh, the 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 example that comes to my mind is god promises the children of israel he's going to give them the promised land the spies go in, they come back. The 12 spies give their report. Ten of them say, we can't do it. God said we can, but we can't. Yeah, it's just like God said, it flows with milk and honey, but we can't go in. And then two stood up and said, let us go in at once. Let us take possession, because we're well able. Well, the entire nation of two million people believed the 10, and they cry and they complain. And God said, you know, as you've spoken in my ear, so I'm going to do to you. So the bottom line is two million people that God said to them, I've given you the land, did not go into the land. They died in the wilderness. But the two who said, let us go in at once and take possession because we're well able, those two went in. When I look at that, it says to me, it says, there is so much more that God has for you that you're not receiving. And just because one of us doesn't receive something doesn't mean it wasn't God's will. It just means that we were not in the spot to receive what God had for us. That's how I, that's how I handle it personally. Hmm. Yeah, you, I had the privilege of, privilege of being a part of one of the staff meetings, and you mentioned um, you don't throw away what you know to be true for what you don't understand. Could you speak to that a little bit more for the people who well, weren't ev- a part of that I, meeting? I think, I think every one of us, if you, if you live very long and serve God very long, there will be things you do not understand. You say, why did this happen? Why did that happen? And you'll go, I don't know, right? But because there's things that we don't understand, we don't throw away what we know to be true. Hmm. And uh, that has helped me a, a lot in some rough times. In Deuteronomy 29, 29, it says, the, 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 thing, the, the secret things belong to the Lord, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children. And there's just some things that we will not understand. Mm-hmm. We'll look at it and go, that does not make sense to me. Right? But that doesn't mean we throw away what we know to be true. Absolutely. And I'm going to say it. In, in the kingdom of God, there's just mysteries. There's just things. There, there's paradoxes that you, you look at it and you go, I just don't get that one. Yeah, because you look at it, you know, in, you know, even sang a song on, on Sunday, and we were mm-hmm. singing it, the Oh, Clap Your Hands, and I started crying because it just reminded me of Pastor Ken, and it reminded me of just how much joy he brought to the yep. whole room when we sang that song. And and uh, 
but you know, I was thinking about this, like he wouldn't want to come back. You know what oh, I mean? That's ab- the thing. Yes, it's like, absolutely. It's like, yeah, we, we grieve, we miss him, but like the hope of eternal life is, is that, Oh, death, where is your, your sting? sting? Yes. It's that death isn't the end of every man and that mm-hmm. we all li- will live somewhere yes. forever. And so, mm-hmm. but Jesus is our advocate. He's the one who came to, bring us into the presence of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yes, yes. So Ken, you didn't know we more, we miss him, and we grieve for his family and, and for our church family. He wouldn't want to come back. I mean, he's like, <laughs> I am like doing fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing fine with Christ. You know, like we are, we are doing Which is it. far better, Paul said, which yeah. is far better. Yeah. And so it's this, you know, it's, for me, like when I think about, right, you contend for healing, you contend for the miracle, but it, it's just... I don't know. I, I almost like, why are we even thinking about why it didn't happen? You just, you can like try to evaluate, but it's like, who really knows? You, you literally exactly just continue right. contending and then you celebrate. You don't take it personal. You don't mm-hmm. blame yourself. Like, that's so silly. Like, he's in heaven. Like, we, <laughs> like, we just continue you to contend for heaven yeah. on earth. If we lose, we win. Exactly. The worst thing that can happen is we go to heaven, which is far better. Yes. <laughs> And so even though I understand there are real questions that people have, I often, you know, the, the questions that come in around right, healing and death, I, I mean, I'm just like, why, why are you thinking that way? You know, mm-hmm. like what, what is going on in your head that you distrust God so much? It's almost like they put him on a judgment seat and, and it's like they're trying yeah. to like get him. They're like, see yeah. God, see God. And it's like, I, I don't even think on that level, right? I'm like, praise God. Praise mm-hmm. God, praise God, <laughs> and we'll continue to fight, yep. fight for the kingdom. You know, fight to see heaven on earth. Yes. Anyway, that's just my my okay. little my little All right. tag onto that. Do you have any other things with that with Pastor Ken and, and his question? No, I wrestle that. I think we mysteries. Got, I think we're through that one. So, I have I have a question here. Um, Ecclesiastes seven two. You're probably familiar. It's better to go to the house of mourning than the house, the house of, of feasting. feasting. Yeah. Yep. So my question is, why is it better to go to a funeral than a party? Oh, well, it's talking about the context there is a funeral. Somebody yeah. has died. Yep. And which is better to f- bury your sorrow, not deal with the grief and go get drunk, get a pu- go to a party or look at the fact that we are mortal, that that person has stepped into the eternal realm and deal with your mortality, deal with your grief. And, and literally when we cry, when we're, when we're grieving, it brings healing to our soul. Hmm. But when you don't grieve and you just bury it, right? sometime down, then it stays in there. Right? And, and, and it, it keeps affecting you. It's like it says again in Ecclesiastes. Um, how does it put it? It says, uh, it's saying, anger rests in the bosom of the fool. Hmm. Okay. Now, the anger is there, and it's there every day right under the surface because they haven't dealt with certain situations. Right? Always, when that anger is there, it has to do with unresolved conflict. There's 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 unforgiveness there's rage there's anger against somebody and they haven't dealt with it and it's just right there under the surface and the littlest thing will happen and they'll explode and you think what did i do Mm -hmm. well you didn't do anything it was there to start with 
Right. Now, the same thing is true with grief. If grief is not experienced, if you don't go through the grieving process, right, it stays there and it affects your relationships. So that's why it's better to be in the house of mourning hmm. than in the house of, of feasting of feasting or, or partying. Mm-hmm. Uh, that way you get to deal with it and it's done. Yeah, you know, the scriptures say that God is c- close to the brokenhearted. Yes. And that in that place, that's where actually is the rawness and the Mm -hmm. openness that God can actually heal you. Yes. Uh, Coping is just never, never a good solution. (laughs) (laughs) Not yet. Not dealing with grief uh, is not going to, it's going to hinder you in your future relationships. Hmm. So get it dealt with, deal with it, and don't go to the house of feasting. the New Testament tells us to follow the faith of, of Abraham. And uh, when Abraham's wife, Sarah, dies, the Bible says he mourned for her. Hmm. You know, he grieved. Right? And it says he rose up, he went to the sons of Heth, and he says, sell me a burial place. He said that I may bury my dead out of my sight. Hmm. Right? So he has this grieving time. But then there, because he deals with it, all right, now he's going to bury her, all right? And notice it says, out of my sight. I'm not going to have this continual grief on my, on my life. I'm not going to constantly be thinking, oh, 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 yeah. oh. All right? Buries her out of his sight. Uh, and then he, he's, by the way, this, I think this is hilarious. He's 133. And he gets married, and he has six <laughs> kids. I mean, like, <laughs> like, whoa, Abraham! You know, gets remarried, six he, kids. Yeah, I think he's five or six. With he marries Keturah, and he's either five or six kids. But uh, what he did was he dealt with it so that he could go on living. Hmm. All right. Uh, when you don't deal with grief, and you're in that house of feasting. You, it, it affects your relationships afterwards, and you, you don't go on with life the way that you should. And grief literally can become demonic. It can become a spirit where people, uh, there, there's a normal amount of, of grieving, but there is an abnormal amount of grieving where people years later, they're still grieving, and they don't continue on with life. Uh, you, you've got to, to address it, go to the house of mourning, address it, grieve over it, and then hmm. bury your dead and keep on. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard that thankfulness or celebration oh. is an irreplaceable ingredient for grief. Mm-hmm. Do you want to touch on that from your experience in pastoring? Well, when you're thankful for all the experiences that you've had with them. Yeah. You know, how does it put it? It's in Proverbs 15. I think it's verse 15. That, that says that the thankful heart has a continual feast, or a feast every day, one translation says. You know, so when you're thankful for the good time that you had with that person and all that they meant in your life, hmm. um, it, just, it's effect, it, it just has a, a great effect. Of, it, it liberates you. And that's, again, that is part of the grieving process. Not just, hey, I'm not going to see them, but being thankful for everything that they were in your life. Yeah. Hmm. I love that. Do you have enough? Yeah, I have one more question. Um, 
this is a little bit different. Um, but what, I had a friend uh, a few years back who had a very close relative pass away who wasn't a believer. Yeah. Uh, and as a believer, um, what would you say to that person who has lost a loved one, who's someone who's very close, who's not, who they think was not a believer? Uh, it's a really tough, tough subject. First of all, um, you never know what has happened in the last short period, of t- the period, the short period of time before they, before they died. Um, other than that, I don't have a. There, there's not a lot of good things that you can say. Yeah, they're really not. I, I've done a number of funerals uh, for people that it appeared were not believers. Right, and all that you can do is talk to the people about eternity. Really, there's 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 little without Christ. There isn't any hope. With Christ, there's nothing but hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess when I think about that, that question, I always go to the thief on the cross, where it's yes. like yep. from the outside, everyone's mm-hmm. looking and saying, you know, these corrupt thieves and, and criminals, mm-hmm. specifically the ones on both sides mm-hmm. of Jesus. But yet, you know, the gospel writers give the account of it, but I, I don't imagine many people would assume that those people would be in paradise. Correct. Or at least the one on, yes. one on, on his left, yep. I think it was. Or And uh, you just never know what happens in the last minutes. And, y- yes. And you, I don't know if you heard this testimony, but I think of the thing about the cross, and then I think of the testimony that Kyle Mervine shared about... The Met by Love tour that Jared, my brother, and a bunch of people went on in the summer. Yeah. And they had a situation where this this guy that they met, homeless guy, and he wasn't a believer, and then he um, he had he died. He got stabbed in a park. I think it was murdered. But then they were calling his wife, and his wife said, yeah, the, di- the morning that he died, Jesus appeared to him in a dream and said, leave everything and come follow me. And he said he threw away all his drugs, and he like was like, getting his life right and then he got he got murdered wow. that day wow and you're like by all standards you'd look at that and you'd say homeless guy doing drugs kind of a hippie guy there's no way mm-hmm. and yet the morning he was murdered jesus wow. visits him and he in he saves yeah. him and so you just go man yes y- y- you can look at someone and say now obviously there will be some people in hell right i'm Definitely. not saying that happens to everyone yep but as people, as we cope and think about the people that we know, I think hope is always what we should na- we should navigate towards. Mm-hmm. In the sense, not giving people false hope, but in the sense that God yep. can save anyone. In a sense, sovereignly, in a lot of cases, yes. using previous seeds that have been planted. That's awesome story. Awesome. That's story. that story is insane. Yeah. That that rocks. Wrecked me. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus is so good. Yes. He is so good. Um, we have a little bit more time here. Maybe time for one more question. I'm just kind of looking at my list. Is there any, any questions that you, you saw know, in there that you're like, I really the, wanted to get to that? What, or like which one? Where were we at? Ones Let that are, see. we were just hopping around them, so we don't necessarily, okay. we didn't follow an order. I had, did see here. Which I mean, one? We have some ones like, can someone lose their salvation? Okay. We had ones talking about um, how media, music, and movies affect our view on death and eternal life. So, well, anyway. do you guys just choose one. Yeah. You have one that you want to do? 
I guess I guess this is the one that I if you if you don't have one. Oh, this, I like this one. Which one? Yeah. So, what are some things? That's one I was going to choose. What are some things we can start doing daily to shift our thinking from the here and now to an eternal perspective? Wow. So some, some little things, because, right, we can think about that, but there's yep. little things that we rhythm ourselves into shifting or renewing our mind. Okay. What, what are some things that? Um, the couple of things I can think of right away. Um, the first one is being thankful to God. Just be thankful, right? You know, you look at Romans 1, and it talks about how there's this progression of people falling away from God. But it starts out with, nor were they thankful. No. So when we are thankful to God for the things in our life, whether it's a person, whether it's your house, whether it's your health, whatever it is, when we're thankful to God, it's just a connection. Hmm. It is a connection to God. Uh, in Psalms 100, I think it's verse 4, it says, to enter his gates with thanksgiving. In other words, protocol for entering into the presence of the King of Kings is to be thankful, right? And I think that a thankful heart, a thankful heart to God really opens us up to the move of God and to the entire spiritual realm, right? So that's number one. Hmm. Number two, one I'm sure we all think about, is get in the Bible every day, hmm. just every day. I've been saved for 48 years, right? And there has not been one day in 48 years that I did not get in the Bible. Every wow. single day. Everyone, right. everyone always asks you, how do you know all these verses? And I always <laughs> laugh because I actually used it in, a, in the small group that I had with some guys this past week. But I said, well, this is Pastor Dwayne always says, how do you know everything about the sports team that you follow? <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Uh, how do you know? It's, you know, it's just what we, what we consume. It's what we consume. And the consistency in which we do it. But... Uh, that will just so much open you up. Yeah. Open you up. Um, if you're spirit-filled, all right, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and if you're not, you should be, all right? But uh, speak in tongues every day in your prayer time. You're going to have a prayer time every day, again, opening us up to the spiritual realm, all right? But uh, pray in tongues every day. Uh, it's in the book of Jude, which is just a little bitty book right before the book of Revelation. In the uh, 20th verse, it says some things here. It says, uh, but you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost or in the Holy Spirit. So that's praying in tongues. It says it'll build you up spiritually. Mm. Right. Then it says keeping yourself in the love of God. Again, praying in tongues keeps you in the love of God. Right? And looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. So it says it will also keep you eternally minded. You're looking for the return hmm. of Jesus. And then the next thing, which is just, I think this is just amazing. And it says, and on some have compassion, making a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. So the other thing that it does is it, if, if we pray in tongues, it will help us have a heart for the lost. Hmm. So those are just, it, it, there's so many spiritual benefits to praying in other tongues. So be thankful, be in the word, pray. And if you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, pray in tongues. And if you're not, see Jake, 
He'll help you out. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. I love it. I just want to make a note. Did you see how fast he found Jude? Yeah. You see how fast yeah. he found that? You know, he's, he's just like, whoop, opens it up. It's he's right been there, there before. Uh, he's been there before. He's been there before. <laughs> well, Pastor, thank you so much. Oh, for guys, thank you for the opportunity. Us. This has been so much fun. And uh, maybe we'll do it again sometime. All but right. ultimately, thank you for joining the Axis Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Until next time, have a great day.